Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. What is up, world? It is Keith Irizarry, coast to coast with you, and I'll be with you for the next two hours all week long in for Scotty Carver High, Mafia Tide. They are all here. Fired up to spend the next two hours with you. You can catch us on SportsGrid, all the streaming services, SportsGrid Radio, SiriusXM, Channel 204 as well. Going to dive into LeBron James in just a, a few moments, and we got a bunch of hockey I want to talk about. Aaron Rodgers still in the news. But I'd be remiss if we don't start a little bit talking about Kobe Bryant. I can't believe that it's been one year since him, his daughter Gianna, and seven others passed away in that helicopter crash. And it, it it's so odd that a year has passed by, and, and maybe it's because the the pandemic and we all have been dealing with so many other things that you, you don't realize the loss. From a basketball standpoint, Kobe Bryant is one of the 10 greatest players that's ever played the sport there are people that will argue that he's number two, number three, number four. There are people that say he's more like eight, nine, or ten. I don't care about that. From a human standpoint, the things that he did off the court post-career, you know, winning awards for movies and getting into the movement to try to help women be a bigger force in the world of basketball, and just the, the smiles that he had when he was, you know, on the sidelines with his daughter Gianna and with his family members – and I remember a year ago when this happened, I was in the car, I was actually driving to my parents' house and I, I'm, my phone is just like blowing up and I'm getting alerts that, you know, something bad had happened. And it was one of those just shocking things. You know how, you know, everyone says, you know, 50 years ago, whatever the math is, they knew where they were when JFK got shot or like other things like that. Or you knew where you were when, when 9-11 happened. Those were like, horrific tragedies for the world, for the sports world, the Kobe Bryant crash kind of was on that level where you know where you were. And I was in the car. The minute I got to my parents' house, we threw on the news channels, threw on sports channels, and like nothing was really happening as of yet. We weren't really getting any information, but you know, TMZ broke it and credit where credit is due. They, they're usually correct on these things when they do breaking stories. And it was just one of those, how does this happen moments? And then when we found out that there were children on this helicopter as well, it takes a different turn. And I, I remember my, at the time, nine-year-old son looking at me, go, I just, how is, how is it that she's not going to get to live a life? So, you know, this is just one of those days where I know, you know, ESPN, they're, they're doing wall-to-wall -wall coverage of Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players of all time. Honestly, for our TV audience, if you can look behind me on my over my left shoulder, I have a Kobe Bryant purple and white ball behind me too. So all in on on just remembering the greatness that was Kobe Bryant. If uh, if you guys want to tweet me at all, we, we'll try to read some of the, the good tweets. Keith Irizarry, K-E-I-T-H-I-R-I-Z-A-R-R-Y, or Pharrell on Grid. Um, Carver, I want to bring you in on this because 
you've been around the, the sports world forever too. And and I mentioned this being a, like a, a where were you moment. Do you remember where you were when, when it kind of became real that Kobe Bryant had passed away? I do remember Keith. And actually this morning it kind of, you know, came back to me. Um, it was a Sunday last year and I had just took my daughter ice skating for the first time. I remember bringing her to the new bridge rink, uh, out here on long Island and we had just finished up, took her for some lunch, and I remember seeing it on the TVs and started to come up on my phone while we were sitting there having lunch after taking her ice skating for the first time. So you're right. I don't think that that's – like I remember taking her ice skating, but I don't think I would ever correlate it to a specific day, and I do because when the Kobe thing comes up, I remember that day now. Welcome in our radio audience. Keith Irizarry, Coast to Coast, Carver High with me, Mafia, and Ty as well. We are remembering Kobe Bryant right now. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah, you, you do remember those little moments. And, you know, it, it shouldn't take, you know, someone passing away for us to feel like this. But I, I do remember that night hugging both of my sons just a little bit tighter. I remember, you know, giving my wife a big kiss and hugging her just a little bit tighter than I normally would. And even when I left my parents' house that day and we had known that that Kobe Bryant and others at the point, I don't know if we knew yet who was on that flight, uh, but others had passed away too. I remember hugging both of my parents just a little bit tighter. So it should never take those moments, but I think sometimes it does. And, you know, today's been a whirlwind day. And, and I think that it's probably one of the reasons why LeBron James maybe goes for 46 last night, right? Like we've, you see some of the great ones do great things. And, and, and Kobe Bryant last night after scoring 46 and dominating the fourth quarter talked about that home cooking, you know, you get an opportunity to see your mom and get a home cooked meal. Um, so my uncle, um, just felt good to be back in my, you know, in my, in my, in my, in my haven, my rest haven, you know, and that's being, you know, being home. So, um, you know, and also, you know, obviously, you know, you can inspire watching the greats play and, you know, seeing Brady, see the things that he did with that team. Um, that inspired me as well, but I just felt pretty good. I just felt pretty good. I mean, as I have the whole season, I've been getting better and better as each game goes on and, um, felt good from the beginning and just trying to keep it. Going. And he talked about the greats. He talked about, you know, Tom Brady, LeBron James over the last year has talked a lot about, as he says, Kobe Bean Bryant and what he meant to him and the text messages that they got. I think I mentioned this yesterday, or maybe it was this weekend on betting around the rim. I expected Monday to be a big day for LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and them. And, and then even Wednesday too, there's just something supernatural about what Kobe Bryant was. And I've talked about this too. If you wanted to build the perfect basketball player, you probably start with Kobe Bryant and then maybe you add a few little things, you sprinkle it in. But Kobe Bryant was as close to a perfect basketball player as you could get. When we get back, we'll dive into the world of the NHL. Coast to coast, Keith Irizarry. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Rolling along here, coast to coast. Keith Irizarry with you. Going to switch gears and dive into the world of the NHL. And we know we're a couple of weeks in. I think we're starting to figure a little bit out. But obviously, COVID-19 has has wrecked a few teams. And there, I mean, you you look at the Capitals, a bunch of big-name players not going to play tonight. Carver, let's bring in. And and I'm going to bring Brian Copton in in just a few moments. And we'll do some more hockey in the next segment as well. But what's your game of the night? Which is the one you're either looking forward most to watch or, you know what, I'll, I'll give you two. Give me game you're most looking forward to watch. I'm going to guess it's Islanders. And 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 your best bet. Well, game I'm looking forward to watch, non-Islander division. Because every night the Islanders I'm looking forward to right. watch is actually, Keith, St. Louis and Vegas tonight. Big game. These are two of the best teams in the West. And the first time uh, Alex Pietrangelo is going to face his former team, now with Vegas. He was with St. Louis forever, including being the captain of a cup-winning team. Very intriguing matchup tonight between those two. As far as a bet tonight, Keith, I like a bunch of overs tonight. Um, I love the over in the Dallas-Detroit game. I think it's a good night for goals there. Like the over in the Vegas-St. Louis game. And we're starting to get a little bit of a trend now, Keith, with these second legs of the back-to-backs. So basically, a lot of teams are playing two-game series at the same rink because of the schedule and the way it's going. So we have two of those tonight. Edmonton and Winnipeg play. Edmonton beat them on Sunday. Toronto and Calgary play. Toronto beat them on Sunday. The team that loses the first leg, Keith, so far this year, 19-10 and 10 in the second game. So what does that mean? Maybe we try Winnipeg tonight. Maybe we try Calgary tonight and try to stay with that little trend of 19-10 and 10 with those teams in the second game of the back-to-backs. Yeah, as I crunched some numbers this morning kind of looking through this, it just seems like there's a lot of teams that shoot wildly. That's one. And a, a lot yeah. of teams have really struggled in the defensive zone this year. Why, why do you think teams are having so many issues on the defensive side? I think that a, you know a very limited training camp, I think no preseason games, um, the goaltenders also have not gotten to see the right amount of rubber yet. Now you're starting to see it come back a little bit. I mean, the first four or five nights, Keith, I mean, it was over central. I mean, nobody was stopping anybody anywhere. And now we've seen some unders start to creep back in. First period unders have been very successful. But I think it was the lack of camp, no preseason games, and just kind of throwing everybody onto the ice and saying, all right, let's go. Start playing an ultra-competitive 56-game season where you're only playing division rivals. Yeah, sure. Get right into it. <laughs> I, I think one of my favorite teams this year, and listen, I'm not supposed to like them because, you know, cards on table, grew up as a Rangers fan. Not so die hard where, I, again, like I throw remote controls at TVs when they lose and they're not playing very, uh, very, very well right now. But the Devils are probably one of the just more fun teams to watch. We saw some some signs of what I'll call goodness last year. Not greatness, some goodness. But now you've got Jack Hughes. He had a, a multi-goal game last week. He's got, what, three, four goals on the season now. And just in general, that team has been pretty darn impressive. And they're right in the thick of things. No, they absolutely are. And with the Devils, Keith, what you have to look at is this is year number two for Jack Hughes, right? So last year, a little disappointing in his rookie year. 
but not every number one overall pick is going to be Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, you know, right out of the gate. Some guys need a little bit more time than others. Hughes was a very small 18-year-old kid. He's grown a little bit. He's a year older. He's his, he's one of the fastest guys on the ice. I mean, you watch this dude over the first couple games. He is flying. And the Devils play a style where Lindy Ruff's the coach now. They're going to try to grind you out, and they've got a few skill players like Hughes, and they're playing well. And I think that's been a surprise in the East, Keith. This is Everybody looked at that division and how ultra-tough it was going to be, but then you had the Devils and Sabres, who everybody thought was going to stink, and that the other six teams would just beat up on those two. That has not been the case so far. Devils have some good wins over the Islanders, over the Bruins. The Sabres have wins over the Capitals. They've done a nice job, both those teams, Keith. Third best in the NHL in goals against per game, the New Jersey Devils. So, so that's definitely a storyline there as well. All right, so if we're going to continue talking hockey, and we're going to do this for, for a bunch today because both you and I want to do it, and we just are. With that being <laughs> said, uh, how do you feel about the way the divisions are aligned? Because obviously this is something that's very different from old school traditions and the way that you know teams are playing these back-to-backs and going to be playing each other so many more times than normal. I think it's cool for the one year off. I I think that it's a lot of fun to just play division games. Would you want to do this every year? Probably not. Um, But for 56 games, a shortened season, yeah, fire away. Let's just do it. Uh, Let's play eight games apiece against all your division rivals. Very uh, short, you know, compact schedule. I think it's good for rivalries this year, Keith. I don't think I'd want to see it every year. Uh, but, but I do like doing it for this 56-game kind of sprint. Carver, we got about four and a half minutes here. Let's let's run the gamut. Let's go through the slate, and let's each one of yes. us uh, either, either make picks or, or let it know if we're going to avoid those games. Well, we've got 12 games tonight, Keith. This is a very hefty NHL slate. Florida's only played a couple games. They've had a lot of games canceled, not by their own... Think we may remember you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio. Through there, the Panthers, yeah, they, they're a team that's only played three games this year thus far and, and really haven't played much competition. They're looking to have their best start in franchise history and uh, continue on. The over is hit in four of their five games that dates back to last season. The under is hit in 13 of 19 games for the Panther for Columbus. So, if we're going to go there, I kind of like the under. Continue running through. How about Carver's Islanders? Uh, one and a half. Goal favorites on the Capitals. And, and the storyline for the Capitals is Ovechkin's out, Kuznetsov's out, Orlov's out, uh, Samsonov's out. Like a bunch of players are out due to the COVID protocols. So obviously monitor that. I think the Islanders are a fantastic bet tonight. New York's offense, the problem with them is they're just not scoring 1.8 goals per contest, one of the worst in the NHL. So if you can't score, you can't blow people out. And that's going to be one of the issues. We got Carver back, right? Am I right about that? Like you cover this Islanders team day in and day out, essentially. If you can't score, you're not going to blow people out. You may still win, but from a gambling standpoint, kind of makes it a little difficult. They don't score enough goals, Keith. That's the problem for them right now. Uh, They've been shut out a couple of times. They're not getting consistent scoring, but that's been the Islander story for two years now. They're trying to beat you 2-1. They're trying to beat you 3-2, hopefully, uh, and that's that. So, But they have to take care of business against this Washington team the next couple nights. This is a golden opportunity for them. No Ovechkin, no Kuznetsov, no Samsonov. they got to take advantage, Keith. 
All right, Rangers and Sabres, the next game I had on my list. And if we're going to be honest, neither of these teams are, are very good. Uh, Rangers have lost three games in a row. Buffalo is coming off a nice win uh, two days ago over the Capitals, four to three. For me, this feels like an under type of game because the Rangers don't really score, although the Sabres do at least shoot the ball, shoot the puck a lot. Yeah, Sabres have been very good so far, Keith. They've been spunky. Uh, Rangers haven't really gotten going yet, kind of like the over in this game tonight. Even at 6.5, I think there'll be a bunch of goals. But uh, give me the Sabres, and give me Lafreniere, Keith, to score his first NHL goal tonight against the Sabres. How about that? Let's go, Alexi. I like it. Uh, last <laughs> game, at least, that I want to talk about uh, a lot, Penguins and, and Bruins, because obviously two historically great teams. For Boston right now, Pasta is back practicing this week. Don't know when he'll actually return. How do you kind of decipher what we'll see tonight between these two? Yeah, uh, Penguins have played really well this past week. A couple of wins uh, over the Caps. Nice job by them there. They beat the Rangers a few times. Tough place going up to Boston. Like the Bruins tonight, Keith. Uh, they've kind of settled in after the slow start against the Devils. And uh, that comeback win over the Flyers is kind of jump-started the bees now. Let's see if they can get it done against the Penguins tonight. Boston has won three of their last five games. Pittsburgh's been playing well as well. Any other games jumping out to you? Uh, love the over in Colorado and San Jose tonight. Love the over in Vegas and St. Louis. And yes, give me the Flames over the Maple Leafs late night, Keith. They'll get it done. All right, little puck talk right here. We continue rolling along with more puck talk. Uh, Brian Compton from NHL.com slated to join us this hour as well. Got some basketball to break down a little bit later as well. Wall-to-wall -wall sports. We got so much to do. It's Coast to Coast. I am Keith Irizarry. Be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. Remember, you can listen to SportsGrid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here, coast to coast, Keith Irizarry with you talking some puck as we just did last segment. Going to do it again. Got Brian Compton, NHL.com, uh, B Compton, NHL on Twitter. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Keith. How are you? Great to be with you. Ah, always great to catch up. All right, so here, here's the deal. You got the, the brand new divisions, and the hockey purists probably don't like it, but it's a different world that we live in. Just from covering it as a, a standpoint from that, what, what do you think of divisions? 
I think it's great. I mean, if you ask the people up in Canada, I'm sure they're loving this, Keith, having all Canadian teams, the seven the seven teams based in Canada all together. Uh, Montreal is off to a great start. Vancouver uh, had a big win last night after a slow start. So uh, to have the Oilers and Canadians or Oilers and Jets eight times a season, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Is there any chance that this could catch on? And and I know that this is right now just a one-year thing. And mo- some people think experiment. Some people just think it's because of the, the, the global pandemic. Any chance this catches on and we keep it this way? Yeah, I, I'm going to say no. I just think uh, just it's, it doesn't make sense to have teams playing only against each other uh, over the course of an 82-game season. Obviously, this is an ideal situation for the times that we're living in right now. But moving forward, I think we'll, we'll get back to the, the regularly aligned divisions. But you, maybe you'll see teams play against each other more. Uh, maybe you don't have Winnipeg coming to New York, per se. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Brian, what do you make of, you know, the back-to-backs, too, and how this is affecting teams early on in the season? Yeah, I think it's great just for developing rivalries in the early going. You want to have good hockey right out of the shoot, right? And to have teams playing against each other two or three times in a row, uh, that develops chippiness as the games go along. So I think once you get to game two or three of two teams playing against each other uh, a few times in a row, you're going to see, you know, the dropping of the gloves and uh, things will get chippy as the games go on for sure. He's Brian Compton. Joining me, Keith Irizarry, Coast to Coast. Uh, catch us on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204, so many of the other streaming services. Let's go through the divisions, just kind of break down some of the teams again very early on in the season. So still kind of try to figure out where these teams lie. I want to start in the East with the, the New Jersey Devils. And I was just talking to Carver High about this too. I thought last year, tip of the iceberg. You, you saw some, some bright lights there, but you knew that they were going to just fall a little bit short. This year, their defense has been amazing, and then the young guns are playing well. And they're doing it without Mackenzie Blackwood, who's on the, the COVID-19 protocol list, Keith, which makes it even more impressive. Scott Wedgwood, who hadn't started a game in three years, uh, he gets thrown into the mix against the Islanders last Thursday night. They lose 4-1, to one, but then he bounces back with a shutout in Newark on Sunday night. So, uh, And then you look at a kid like Ty Smith on the blue line, who's been dynamite, six points already. Uh, and Jack Hughes is still finding his way at this level, but he's off to a great start, too. They have a lot of good young pieces in place, Keith, uh, to be good for a long time. And Lindy Ruff has been uh, uh, just a tremendous addition behind the bench. We'll stay in the tri-state area. So the Islanders just can't score goals. They're averaging, you know, less than two goals per game. Um, is this going to be an issue all season long? Are they going to figure this out? Because from a gambling standpoint, it makes it really difficult for me to try to handicap them. Yeah, you know, if you ask Barry Trotz, he doesn't seem too concerned. He's more concerned with keeping the puck out of his net, which is that's their bread and butter. Uh, but they're, they've got to find ways to score more goals. Like you said, it's, it's great that they're only allowing two, three a night, but they've, but they've got to they've find ways to generate offense. And once you get past that Matt Barzell line uh, up top, Keith, there just hasn't been a whole lot there after that. The second line of uh, Bailey, Bovillia, and Nelson hasn't produced at all. Uh, they've got to find their way here. We'll see if Beauvillier plays tonight. He sustained a lower body injury the other night against the Devils. So uh, they've got to find more ways to generate offense. Does that mean Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Walsham uh, get some playing time here moving forward? We'll see. Uh, But the Islanders certainly have to find more ways to put more pucks in the net. Last team in the Tri-State, talk about the the New York Rangers. Also a a pretty young team have had a a bunch of tough losses, giving away uh, big leads in the third period. What's wrong with them right now? They're they're a step slow defensively for me, which I didn't think was going to be a concern going in here, Keith. But Jack Johnson has has gotten off to a brutal start. Tony D'Angelo as well. Uh, They've got to find their way 
Uh, and up front, they need more from the kids, right? I mean, Lafreniere is still looking for his first point. Uh, Shesterkin has, has been so-so between the pipes. Georgiev has been a little bit better uh, from that end. So uh, Rangers still have some question marks here, but I think moving forward, they'll figure it out. It's just a matter of being a little bit better in their own end of the ice. Brian, what are you hearing about in Boston? When might we see Pasta back? Sounds like later this week, which would be great. If not early next week, I, I would think at the latest. This is obviously one of the, the better forwards in the National Hockey League. What do you have, 47, 48 goals last year? Just a, a terrific, terrific player. So uh, the Bruins are going to need him, especially in this division where it looks like it's going to be a race to the finish for sure. And right now, do you view the capital? I mean, obviously, Boston changes when Pasta's in that lineup. But do you view the Capitals and the Penguins as the, the cream of that crop right now? Yeah, you know, the Penguins have surprised me a little bit. I didn't think that they were going to be in the mix, Keith, just because of all the teams that are in that division. And you have to think that they're going to take a step back sooner or later. Uh, but they had a nice response after the first couple of games. Tristan Jarry, is, a, I think, is a really good goaltender. But once you get past Crosby, Malkin, Malkin and Gensel, you just didn't know uh, if there was a big enough of, of a supporting cast. So we'll see how the Penguins go moving forward. I don't always subscribe to like Super Bowl hangover, NBA championship hangover, Stanley Cup hangover. And right now it doesn't appear that the Lightning are subscribing to that either. They're, they're playing awesome. No, they're good. I mean, they, they, there's just no <laughs> holes on that hockey team. And in a 56-game season, you think that Vasilevsky will need some breaks here, but he's primed to play 45, 50 games. Kids. He's just that good and that durable. And Victor Hedman, to me, is the best defenseman in the, in the National Hockey League. And up front, with, with a healthy Steven Stamkos, there's just no holes. They're, they're going to be uh, in the mix until the end, I think, again, for sure. We'll run through the Central also. So the Chicago Blackhawks, they intrigue me because they can score 19 goals, but they also can't keep the puck out of their net. 23 goals given up. Yeah, it's been a problem. And when you lose a, a guy like Robin Leonard and then Corey Crawford leave Chicago as well, uh, you have to think that they're going to take a step back uh, between the pipes. And then on the blue line, you know, guys are getting older, right? Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook. Uh, they're not kids anymore. So it's going to be a, a problem for the Blackhawks um, all season long. And when you're playing playoff type, type hockey from the beginning, which is what every team is essentially playing in this condensed schedule, um, you can't count on the Blackhawks having to score five or six goals a night to win hockey games uh, because it looks like they're going to be allowing at least three a night, and that's going to be a problem. What other storylines in the Central jump out to you? Uh, it's it's hard to say because teams like Dallas and Florida have only played a couple of games so far. Carolina as well because of uh, the, the world that we're living in. I, I need to see more from the Stars and Panthers and Hurricanes, who I think are going to be a really good team as well. Uh, we need to see more before I think you, I can really give you a proper gauge of what to expect in the Central. Uh, aside from Tampa Bay is the cream of the crop for sure. Fair enough. I kind of feel the exact same way. I was just hoping that you would, uh, you, you would like <laughs> me. But I, that actually made me feel better that you feel exactly – because I'm having problems with a lot of these teams. That, listen, the ones that haven't had COVID issues, the ones that we've seen, you know, five, six games, I can get a little bit more of a gauge. I'm having problems kind of gauging. So let's go to the West then. Vegas, you've got 19 goals scored, 12 against. I feel like I can gauge I know what they are. I think they are a Stanley Cup uh, contender. Yeah, especially if, if if Robin Leonard can can pick up where he left off last year. He's gotten off to a kind of a slow start. They've been alternating between Leonard and Flurry, and Flurry's been fantastic. So uh, I think they're 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 pretty set between the pipes on the blue line. Shea Theodore is fantastic. Then you add a guy like Alex Petrangelo, who uh, has been so good in this league for so long, is a Stanley Cup winner. 
Uh, Mark Stone has been a fantastic addition since he got there. He's the captain and he's producing offensively. And to me, he's one of the better two-way forwards in the NHL. So uh, the Golden Knights are one of those teams that don't have a lot of holes uh, and they're going to be a very tough outcome playoff time. What do you think that's going to be like for Petrangelo tonight playing against his former team? Yeah, he says he just wants to get it over with. I mean, I don't blame him. You don't want to talk about it forever. You just want to – and look, here's the thing. They're going to play eight times, so he's going to see plenty of those guys. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, you have he couldn't believe it that when he signed, oh, my God, now the Blues are in this division. I'm going to see these guys all the time. But it's just the way uh, the world is going right now. But uh, terrific player. And like I said, he just wants to get it over with. Once the puck drops, um, I'm sure there'll be some butterflies at the beginning. There's, there'll be some weird feelings, especially with no – exhibition games right i mean this is it he's going to see these guys for the first time but once the puck drops i'm sure it'll be fine brian were you on the avalanche bandwagon uh, it seemed like all the money was on them to to be hoisting lord stanley at the end of all this yeah i was they they, they were my preseason pick to win it all i think they'll be okay kind of a weird start grubauer has been good for them between the pipes uh they need a little bit more secondary scoring Guys like Brandon Saad, Nazem Kadri, they, they need to pick it up a little bit. But that blue line is so good and so young. Uh, their power play is outrageous. I think they had five in one night, the first or second game of the season. So uh, not a lot of holes in Colorado. I think as we go along here, they'll be just fine. Go to the Scotia North, and Mitch Marner's been awesome. The Leafs, have, they, they look good. Are, are they the best team in that division, or is it the Canadiens, or, or is it a different team? I think it's Montreal right now. I mean, they've been, they're have been they getting all these points on the road, Keith. I mean, they haven't played at home yet. That's how good that they've been. Josh Anderson was a tremendous pickup. Uh, Tyler Toffoli has been fantastic. He has five goals already. So um, can they sustain it? I don't know. But as right now, if you're asking me, I think Montreal is the best team in this division, just given how effective they've been away from home. We'll see what happens when they get home. Got about a minute left with you. Give me a list of maybe two or three guys that have surprised you in the good way this season. Toffoli, for sure. Uh, he's been fantastic. I, I would like to see uh, what happens between the pipes and Columbus. Corpusala has been really good. Is Elvis going to take over at some point? I think that's something to keep an eye on with the Blue Jackets. And then the Devils. I mean, you take your pick. For me, it's Ty Smith. He's a 20-year-old kid. Uh, and to do what he's doing offensively at, at that young of an age, and he's not a big kid either. Uh, he's been fantastic in New Jersey. Brian, you're awesome. Always love chatting with you. Keep up the amazing work, and we'll talk again soon. Anytime, Keith. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right, there he is, Brian Compton. B Compton NHL on Twitter. Uh, covers the NHL in and out. A lot of great stuff there that we can digest, maybe a little bit later in the show. We're going to switch from the ice to the hardwood. Coming up next, Keith Arizari. It is Coast to Coast. Stick with us. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, welcome back on Sports Grid on Sirius XM Channel 204. So many streaming services, so many ways to watch and listen to us. It is Keith Irizarry, Coast to Coast, Carver High, Mafia, Ty, everyone is here. Open the show talking a little about LeBron James. Didn't get too far into what he did last night and his 46 points and his seven three-pointers made and his 21 points in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Cavaliers by 19 points. I have never been surprised by LeBron James. I haven't. Uh, I've said this on the airwaves before. I'm a LeBron fan. You know, I've, I've met him and played ball with him. He was 17. I was 21. And ever since then, you know, he's a cool guy then. And I've, I've followed his career, loved watching the trajectory of him, you know, potentially being one of the greatest players. And then now he is one of the greatest that's ever done it, whether you want to say one, two, three, four, five, whatever your view is. And most people just go generational. But the fact that, you know, Tom Brady was so good for a first half on Sunday and then, listen, three picks in the the second half and two of them were probably his fault, one not so much, but he's in another Super Bowl, his 10th. And then a day later, LeBron James, who, if you believe social media, it appears that him and Tom Brady have some sort of relationship because he he Instagrams and tweets at him a lot and I guess they, they converse and you would imagine it's just like, you know, wealthy people tend to gravitate towards wealthy people. Really talented athletes probably gravitate towards really talented other athletes. But LeBron James last night, I I thought that was one of the more impressive regular season performances maybe in his career. It's coming at his age. It came against one of his former teams. And oh, by the way, he might have had a little extra motivation at the end of the third quarter because there was an executive on the side that apparently was a little extra happy, dare I say. All right, LeBron James, I want to hear from you. What did you think of your performance last night and how was it being back in Cleveland, you know, getting some home cooking? Home cooking, you know. You get an opportunity to see your mom and get a home-cooked meal. Um, saw my uncle. Um, just felt good to be back in my, you know, in my, in my, in my, my haven, my rest haven, you know, and that's being, you know, being home. So, um, you know, and also, you know, obviously, you know, you can inspire watching the greats play and, you know, seeing Brady, see the things that he did with that team. Um, that inspired me as well, but I just felt pretty good. I just felt pretty good. I mean, as I have the whole season, I've been getting better and better as each game goes on and um, felt good from the beginning and just trying to keep it going. It's so cool. And and Carver, I'll bring you in on this because we obviously had a lot of Tom Brady discussion over the weekend, right? As he moves on to another Super Bowl. And then you have LeBron James doing this, 46 points at, at his age. They are two guys that, all right, so Carver, if I told you, if I lied to you, right? Let's say you didn't know sports. And I said, Tom Brady is not actually 43. Tom Brady is 32 years old. LeBron James is not actually, what, 36 years old. He's really 28. With the way they both play their sport and the way they both look, you'd believe it, right? 
100%, especially the Brady ones. I mean, you watch Brady on these Zooms. Scotty was joking about it at the end of last week. I mean, he legitimately looks like he's 10 to 15 years younger right now. And I would feel the same way about LeBron, especially if I watched him play. I wouldn't think that he's at the age he's at right now. Yeah. And then you watch what they do on the field too. Like, again, if we're going to do the correlation, it you know, Tom Brady, I, I was on in-game live on Sunday, and I, I think it might have been Kevin Walsh that was was joking about like people talking about him and his noodle arm, and Holden was totally against it. And I, I, I said the same thing. There's no noodle arm. This whole risk it biscuit thing that's going on in, in Tampa was supposed to be the downfall of Brady, right? Like this was supposed to lead to him struggling. If you watch the way Brady throws the ball, I don't know if there's that many QBs in the NFL right now that still throw the ball harder than him, right? Like if you just look at the, like Rodgers does, Mahomes does, and I'm, I'm sh- I, like, I mean, we could really go through it, but Brady's right on par. And then you look at LeBron James still jumping out of the gym. It's just so crazy that we are lucky enough as sports fans to be able to watch these two. And then I'll go here to you. Because we all watched, as Michael Jordan talked about in his documentary, you know, sometimes manufacturing things. Let me ask you a question. You think LeBron James manufactured that a little bit last night with, uh, the, I think his last name is Hillman, the executive, that he he got a little extra excited? I felt like that was a little manufactured by LeBron, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, when you hear Jordan talk about it in that doc, I think that definitely LeBron was doing that stuff even before we heard Jordan say it. When you get to that level and you've won that much, I think you still do need a little something to push you on a, let's be honest, meaningless January regular season NBA game that means absolutely nothing. And he comes out, and listen, there's also going back to Cleveland, and there are certain people, like the gentleman in the crowd, that he wants to put on a show for. And he went and put on a show for him, especially in the fourth quarter. All right, we're going to bring up the MVP odds too because I think it's a, a fascinating conversation now to have because I didn't think LeBron James had much of a chance at being in the MVP conversation this year. He finished second last year. I Coming into this year, I thought LeBron would coast a little bit more knowing that you're coming off a championship, the short turnaround from the bubble. I loved Luka coming in. I, I put money down on Durant coming in, too. I had better odds than those plus 650 that you just saw there for our TV audience on FanDuel, right? But LeBron James, now at 7-1 odds, if he's going to play night in and night out, maybe not like this, given, he's not going to give you 46 points, but at the end, when, when all is said and done, if the Lakers are the number one team in the Western Conference, we may have to revisit this, and there might be some value there at 7-1. I think there's absolutely value in getting LeBron right now at seven to one. Like, and and here's the thing, and we've had this discussion in the past. You know, you could give it to him every year. Sometimes they like to give it to somebody new. You know, Doncic is up there, Embiid is up there. I mean, Embiid doesn't play every night. It's hard for me to give it to Embiid. Durant isn't going to play every night. Um, they just gave it to Giannis twice. He's not going to get it again. I think this could be a year. You know, where LeBron could sneak in and get himself another MVP. And I get it now, man. Because if you wait, yeah. wait another month or two, that's going to get to five. It's going to get to four. It's gonna, the, yep. the odds are going to drop. So now's the time, Keith, to make a play. Yeah, I think now is the time. We've already seen Jokic's number rise, too. I think, I want to yeah. say like two weeks ago, I, I think it was like 12 to one. Now you see him at plus 650. Jokic is another one. 
Because if we're going to talk about the MVP, Denver needs to pick it up. And they're playing better right now. If they can be a top five team in the Western Conference, top four team in the Western Conference, which they should be, if Jokic were to average a triple-double, he won't. But if he were, I think he's really good value there and him potentially winning that award. I still think if Dallas is in the in, in the thick of things, the NBA would om- it would almost be smart for Luka to get an MVP, to kind of almost anoint the next guy, right? Like Giannis was trying to take that mantle from LeBron. He hasn't fully taken the mantle from him. I mean, most people don't even think Giannis is really the, the second best player. A lot of people now think it's Durant. But if it's Luka winning an award like that at such a young age, I think it's good for the league. But he has to actually be the MVP. And that's just kind of where I go back to. If if LeBron is the best player in the league, let's not just give it to Luka because we want to give it to somebody else and have a new star. And I get all that. And the NBA needs that stuff. But I think LeBron has lost some MVPs. And he's even brought it up. at the. He brought it up in the bubble. He's lost MVPs in the past on situations like we're talking about right now. If LeBron's the best guy, you got to give him the MVP. Doncic will get his. Down the line. Now, if Doncic continues to ball out, plays every night, you know, Mavs finish top four, top five in the West, sure, go ahead and give it to him. But I think sometimes we're always looking to not give it to LeBron as opposed to, you know, trying to find ways to give it to him. I mean, and it happens in every sport, right? Like Mike yeah. Trout for ever, for as long as I can remember, is is been has been the the best player in baseball, right? Maybe not this past year, you know, the in the shortened season. He maybe he wasn't the best, but you could give it to him, and, and that's why he finishes in the top five all the time. Every year you can give it to him. Every year, yeah, you can give and it to Trout every year. Exactly, <laughs> and, and that's why, like, I don't want. I didn't want this to come off like I'm saying let's give it to someone else, but I think that I'm almost conditioned to believe that they're going to try to give it to someone else. And and we were just talking about Kevin Durant, and right, like, all right, so. Like, it, it, isn't it weird? Like, in life, we are conditioned to believe. I was having an argument, a, a texting argument in, in one of my friend group threads. Actually, it was about your, your Buffalo Bills. Okay, so I was of the point, and I think there's six of us on, on the thread. So five of us were of the point that you don't, you didn't go for, you shouldn't have gone for two when you were up by 17. You kicked the extra point to be up by 16 at that point. So you know that you're still within two possessions. I We have the one friend who is, is always trying to stir the pot and go the other way. And he's like, well, I'd rather know at that point if I need three possessions or two. But like, why? Like, it takes everything away. He's like, because you at some point, you're going to have to go for two two-point two point conversions anyway. And it's the same thing. Like, his point was that we are conditioned to believe that's right. Well, I'll tell you the truth. We're conditioned correctly. You're supposed to keep it, <laughs> the possessions. Yeah, I want that. That's another thing I wasn't happy about the other day. We never even said that yesterday. I didn't. I hated that he went for two when he. And then they get the onside kick. Oh, Keith, you're bringing up the bad memories again from Sunday. My bad. My bad. (laughs) All right, let's go to good things. All right, because the Nets finally bounce back. They play some defense. Kevin Durant, what's up, man? You know, it feels like he uh, he just transferred to a new school and he's trying to figure out the curriculum. You know and. You know, it's going to take some time to figure out, you know, who your teammates are, what, you know, your rotations are in the game and when to be aggressive, when to score pass, you know, as a score um, and a focal point of your offense. Uh, sometimes it's the, the balance between score and pass. You got to figure that out each night. And uh, I think tonight was a perfect balance for him. And we're going to need more going forward. And, you know, uh, 
you know, myself missing, you know, open looks like I did tonight for him. I think, you know, when I'm knocking down shots and we all knocking down shots around each other, uh, it's going to spread the floor, open the floor for everybody. You know, if we're going to give truth serum to fans of the Brooklyn Nets and even to the players, I think truth serum would, would lead us to this. The Nets need games like that last night. They need, and I know the, the Miami Heat are beleaguered with injuries. We, we talked about that yesterday. We were trying to figure out how that game would go. The Nets need to have well-balanced outings. It, you know, one or two of them every once in a while are going to score over 30, and that's cool. But they need to play some defense. They actually played some defense. Like, I actually tweeted out uh, last night in the fourth quarter, oh, great, starting two for, I think it was two for 17 for the field. This is great for my over. Like, it was never going to happen. And I thought that was the easiest bet yesterday was the over in that one. But the Heat stunk, and the Nets actually played some defense. And then, Carver, we go further with this one. Too many people were, were ready to say, this is a failure two games in. Can we, like, just not always be so instant gratification reactionary like the Miami Heat stunk early on too when it was LeBron and and Wade and Bosh and then they won like 29 games in a row I will never base anything in the NBA off of regular season games I just won't do it I, I refuse to do it I mean you saw it last night as a perfect example it's 81-80 the Nets are up one in the fourth quarter and at that moment they decided ah, all right you know what let's blow them out boom and they went on a 15-0 run like, I mean, I just, I can't take stock into it. Get me to the playoffs. That's when we'll decide if this little trifecta works or not. Cream rises to the top in the NBA and other sports too, but I really do believe the NBA is one of those sports where, because it's so superstar driven and you could be so focused on one or two players on your roster. Yes. The cream will rise to the top. Let's talk some baseball when we get back coast to coast. Keith is Ari. Stick with us. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Final couple of minutes of hour number one, Coast to Coast. Keith here is Ari with you, Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio. So many of our streaming services, Sirius XM Channel 204. So we are now, what, an hour and, I look at a clock right now, probably about an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes from finding out who will be in the, uh, the Hall of Fame for baseball. And this is, so another bone of contention with, with a Hall of Fame is how the baseball writers view this and how there are, 
you know, the contingency of writers that are going to hold people out because of political views, hold people out because of maybe they took something, maybe they didn't, or um, they were a jerk to me when I wanted a quote from them. It, it, it needs, this system needs to be fixed. It's not going to be fixed, unfortunately. Uh, Carver, I am of the belief that I think Kurt Schilling gets in tonight 70% last year. The projection would have been 75%. His comments about the the horrific acts at the, the Capitol two and a half weeks ago happened after the voting had already been through. I know there were the rumors that some of the writers were asking if they could uh, change their votes. But the moral police and the voting kind of comes together. Would you put Schilling in? Well, look, I, I don't think that any of that stuff should matter. And I don't like that the writers wanted to, quote, change their vote. This is about how this guy performed as a baseball player while he was on the field. He could be crazy or whatever you want to believe now. It should have no bearing on whether or not he's a baseball Hall of Famer. I think he was he's going to get in just because, you know, the field isn't great this year. There isn't any no doubt about it first ballot guys. They are still reluctant to put – Bonds and Clemens in, which I think is a joke as well. But I think he might just sneak in, Keith, just barely and be the only guy. I, I think so, too. And if we're going to be honest, I, I, I've i been saying it for years. Bonds and Clemens belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what they did with their bodies. If we want to believe a certain year that it started, well, then prior to that, both of these guys already were on their path to a Hall of Fame career. Get it right, Hall. Put Bonds, put Clemens in. Keith Irizarry, Coast to Coast. Don't think of us as just sports talk. Think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.